when did yeah. you decide that, like, hey, maybe this is something I want to go do myself? So that was just in, in the last, like, year-ish. Um, I was like, man, I have learned so much. And I want to help people understand how the choices we make and with food and lifestyle can really make you feel better. Because I just felt like all of my friends, we're all, we were all in the same boat. We're exhausted. We can't think. Um, we're either losing weight too quick or we're holding on to it like crazy. And there's so much more. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we are talking to none other than Sandy Eggers, and she got into this work in a way that so many people get into this work. And I'm not just talking about her dealing with her own health complications. She actually went through the ringer with this stuff. She is from a more conventional medicine background. She works in what would be considered conventional medicine. And it didn't work for what she was dealing with. So because of this, she had to seek out alternative means. And eventually Sandy found herself working with a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. It's actually one of the people who does a lot of things behind the scenes for FDN as well. Her name's Joe Pate. And she had such an amazing experience with Joe. And it was just truly different than what she had dealt with before or had experienced before with other practitioners that she eventually said, hey, you know what? Joe, I want to go do this work myself. How, how can I do this? And she ended up going through the FDN program. So believe it or not, that story is quite typical. And it's just amazing to know that people go through this having a completely separate career, thinking that they're doing something else. And then it's such a profound experience when they heal their own bodies that they go and wonder, wow, maybe, maybe I could go do something like that. So Sandy is going to talk about things today that I think will appeal to a lot of our audience because she is someone that classifies herself as a busy mom. And I'm sure if she classifies herself that way, it means she's actually 10 times busier than she lets on. <laughs> I feel like moms underplay what they're doing already. So she is a busy mom who wants to help other moms conquer their biggest health challenges and setbacks so that they can get beyond the daily struggle and start being able to live again. She wants to move past the brain fog, exhaustion, pain, and irritability so that they can better connect with their kids and be in the moment enjoying our short lives with godly purpose and mission. And if just in case you're listening for the first time, this is not a specifically religious or spiritual podcast, but at the same time, we honor every single person that comes on here. We have people from all walks of life, all backgrounds, all different belief systems, and we're happy to honor those things when people come on. That's how uh, we want to represent ourselves, right? By being objective and allowing people to share their thoughts on things. It's kind of a crazy world out there right now. Right, where you're not allowed to have any difference in opinion. We are the exact opposite of that. So Sandy, for her, her faith is a very important part of what she does and how she felt called to do this work. And I love the fact that she shares that. So we thank people like Sandy for coming on and just being their authentic selves and sharing their truth. And I'm excited to bring you guys this episode. So without further ado, let's get to it. 
Hey guys, Detective Ev here. Before we get the show started, I have some good news. Paleo FX is back and we will be there. You can join Reed Davis, who is the founder of FDN, and a lot of our crew at the upcoming Paleo FX event in Austin, Texas from April 29th to May 1st of 2022. FDN is proud to be a major sponsor at this event. It is the hottest holistic and ancestral health gathering, and we'd love for you to join us there. For three days, you'll have the chance to hear cutting-edge health talks from doctors, scientists, and functional medicine experts who are breaking new ground in wellness. Until April 16th, all Premier badges are buy one get one half off, and all Expo passes are buy one get one free, which means you can bring a friend to Paleo FX 2022 and share the savings. You can come for the whole weekend and get your next health breakthrough. Yes, again, we will be there. I will be there myself. I should be giving a talk and doing a panel one day, and Reed Davis, the founder of FDN, will be throwing it down multiple times that weekend, I believe. And we also have other FDNs that are actually going to be making appearances as well. So if you've ever been interested in the course and you want to come see us in person, this is about our biggest event of the year. There really could not be a better time and place to learn about this. So check us out at Paleo FX. And if you want those deals on the tickets, go to fdntraining.com slash paleo. That is fdntraining.com slash paleo, P-A-L-E-O. You really should know how to spell that though. Okay. All right. Back to the show. All right. Hey there, Sandy. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Hey, glad I'm excited. Yeah. Glad to be here. <laughs> I like the laugh. I got to, guys, we get this countdown and I have to put on this really cheesy smile as the camera counts us down uh, before we go live on the video. So we always start this podcast off with the same question, which I believe you're familiar with since you have listened before. And it's pretty straightforward. It's just kind of when did your health symptoms start and what did they look like? Because typically people don't get into this space without having some type of story, whether it's for themselves or even a family member. So what was yours like? So initially, when I look back, I really think I had digestive issues starting as a teenager. And then late on, like my early adulthood, as I was trying to start my career as a physical therapist, um, I was having like hormonal PMS monthly issues that I had to go home. And I was like, I'm not going to skip work, right? Because I'm having these issues. So there was no digging as to why I was having the issues. Just started a certain pill. Mm -hmm. Um, and which come to find out led, you know, was one contributor toward, um, my disease, uh, of celiac. Okay. So when I had my kids, so fast forward now about 10 years in my early thirties, I had my second kid and was just not in a good place, but didn't go to the doctor because it was the stomach ache. And I'm like, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to tell me I had a kid thing and get over it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't seek treatment for like two years, even though I was really nauseous. I was not eating well. I was, I looked like pregnant all the time. You know, I was so tired and irritable and I just remember crying in my closet, like, God, I'm not good enough. Why? I can't do this, you know? And I was just really at my wits end in so many ways. And so then I was diagnosed with celiac and there is not a pill for that. So I had to seek out help and thank the Lord. I was put, um, Miss Joe Pate was my FDN right here nice. where I live. And I'm so blessed to have her. And um, she taught me how to help myself through diet and lifestyle and also how to help my kids. It wasn't just me that was affected. So um, that's my symptom story. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's so crazy to me how we end up like living with these things and, you know, we don't even necessarily get it properly treated for a couple of the years. How has celiac, because that's, that's a tricky one for a lot of people. Um, has that made you someone like, do you just not eat at certain restaurants? Do you have certain rules in the house? Like, how does that look in your day-to-day -day life? 
Yeah, so it's definitely quite a bit different. And um, I look back and I see God using it to definitely bless me. But definitely there's like, I don't eat out. I'm still almost four years later, still can't handle eating out, mm-hmm. um, even at, at gluten-free places. Um, and then in my home, yeah, it's mostly gluten-free. My husband sneaks some stuff mm-hmm. in, but he's real careful to wash his hands. And he does, you know, he uses paper plates and that right. sort of thing. So, yeah, definitely a different day-to-day life. But I also think God has used it to bless me, and I've had friendships that I otherwise wouldn't have had because of celiac and gluten sensitivity. So It's really interesting that you say that because I know that, um, well, I'm a spiritual person myself, whatever that might mean to someone. It's a little a-religious, but I'm someone who continuously explores and learns more about things. So I love talking about these topics. And it's funny because we go through these crazy experiences that most people from the outside would look at as like, I would never want to go through that. And yet, ironically, these have led to some of the best things that have ever happened in my life. So it's pretty hard to argue that I would change any of this stuff. I mean, the fact that I get to talk to people like you and uh, do a job like this, or I'm in a studio right now that my friend and I opened up for functional medicine. None of that would have happened without this, right? And I'm passionate about it. And I think that's one of the best gifts that it gives us is it's almost incomprehensible to me, especially since this happened at such a young age, to go out and be working and not like the work that I'm doing. And yet that's the majority of people, right? Like the biggest blessing yeah. is being able to wake up and say, wow, I actually am excited to go do that thing I do for 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours a week for most people. Yeah. Um, that's kind of important, guys, right? So yeah, um, for those, I'm going to kind of definitely explore the celiac thing a little bit. It's been a while since we brought it up and it's always important to touch on. For those that might have never really heard of that before, um, I do have a whole episode defining the differences. So go back to like the December era. It's like a little uh, late in December, 2021. You guys can hear more there. But for someone like you that says, I can't eat out after four years and do all this stuff. So many people with celiac, they might have a friend or whatever that's like, my friend with celiac goes out all the time. Can you kind of like maybe break down why that might not be the best thing for most with celiac to be doing? Like just because they do do that doesn't mean they should be doing that from a functional perspective. Right, right. Because the thing is like, and this is the first thing Joe told me, gluten can stay in our system for six months. <laughs> so I'll go out to eat and, and, it, and it just takes a trace amount of gluten and your body is starting already to break itself down. Um, and it, it, it begins in your stomach, but then it just has far reaching effects into our brain and our liver, which really just means function. Our function is going to go downhill and it's going to go downhill for a while. That's kind of what I tell friends. Like, um, I can't do gluten. I can't be around it. I can't really eat in a kitchen where it's being cooked. Cause I just, I'm, you know, my body is so sensitive and really most celiacs are that way. Um, so, you know, you eat it and then you're still being affected by it six months and it's your whole body and it ends up being your whole life. Even my relationships, I joke that at this point, like my husband doesn't want me to try gluten, even though for a long time, he didn't want me to have gluten, but he was like, you got to live a little and eat. And I'm like, well, you're the one that pays the price when I'm beyond grumpy for like three days <laughs> afterwards. This is an investment, so, my friend, you know, you don't want me to yes. eat that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's why, I mean, it just stays in our system for a long time and it's not just that bellyache and it could be underlying things that we don't even know. Right. I mean, it could even not even be obvious and it's still causing huge problems, which will just lead to more breakdown and junk later on. I mean, that's so much of my mission is if I can keep someone from getting this, you know, if I can talk to them in their twenties or in their teenage years where they, you know, their body's giving them these warning signs, if I can help them to tune into that and, and take a different path than I did. That would be awesome. Yeah. And um, I, 
the six months thing is really important. I, I remember reading about that for the first time in Dr. Tom O'Brien's book, The Autoimmune Fix. And when you understand and people actually get to hear this, that, hey, so many people will say stuff like that, right? Live a little or like, especially when you're younger, oh, um, you know, stop being so paranoid, man. Come on, you can't have gluten one time. Well, if you understood that this is having this immune response or causing an immune response in my body for six months, is it really just a piece of cake or is it really just a slice of toast? Like that's not worth it. That short yeah. little burst of dopamine that I get from the taste, that, that's so stupid. When I consider the fact that I might be having problems three months from now that, like you said, you're not even correlating to like you might have a really bad day mood wise or anxiety or depression and you don't even understand this is because of an immune response mm-hmm. that's still ongoing from something that happened three months ago. And I think this is where a line gets drawn in our community that really separates it from the average person because the lay person might look at that and say like, this is so crazy. And like, why, why would you even want to live like this? Isn't this paranoid? Well, the truth is it's actually very freeing to people like us who have already felt like crap are for a while. Right. Yeah. And this is the actual ticket out of something like this. So what is, yeah. um, What's a suggestion to someone out there or a tip maybe to someone that's newly diagnosed with the celiac thing? Because I know every time I post about celiac, someone in here is going to listen for the first time. So do you have any like words of advice for someone out there maybe or encouragement? Oh, man, I could go on for the next 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's one step one day at a time. Um, and also, the don't stress. Just work on meal planning. Take food with you. And also understand that people will understand. The socialness is the hardest thing the first year because you have to get used to taking your own food, and you, and you're and you just feel weird and you feel different. But it's okay, and it will get easier. It will absolutely get easier. Surround yourself with people who will help and support you. Don't do it. Don't do it alone. And definitely, you know, get any sort of alternative help that you can get just to support you in the process because it's not something you want to do alone for sure. Right. I feel like um, that's such a great message. I say the same thing in the world of mental health when I do that outside of this. And it's just so true, right? Any kind of health issue, we shouldn't be doing alone. There's reasons that there's tons of professionals that do this. So it's important to make sure we have some people on our team. And I think the one um, good news about this, and I say this in air quotes for those on just the audio, is that there is so much more awareness around this in today's world and so many more people dealing with these diagnoses that I think we're on the like we're on the up and up. There's more groups out there than ever before. There's more places that I, I do have a few places near me that I'm lucky enough that like the owners of the place have celiac or a gluten allergy or whatever. Yep. I know their deli's not messing with this stuff. They know all the rules. They know all the things that we do. That gluten doesn't touch those restaurants um, or the stores that they're in. I think we're seeing yeah. more and more of that. We got to hang in there a little longer, but uh, before we know it, I, I think things are going to change and it's going to be wonderful. And we get to go do all those other things without like restaurants, or whatever, without extreme paranoia. Cause that's not fun. It's supposed to be a fun thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that one of the piece of advice I would give too is don't stress necessarily over what you're eating too much, but think about eating those whole foods as you can. Like try not to just switch to gluten free bread, but kind of think about the, the meats, the fruits, the vegetables, and then eating a good variety of stuff will really help your body to heal. Sure. All right. So the one thing I want to rewind with a little bit, because I'm always so this is a really important part to me is figuring out how people even get into the world of functional. Um, I, I know that you had kind of alluded to it, but I'm wondering like what in your head led you to even working with someone like Joe, because Joe's not someone you're necessarily just going to hear about randomly or find on the street. You kind of have to go through some stuff to find that. So I'm curious, like what are the, what is that moment or those moments where you're starting to think 
I need to go away from conventional to go away and use someone like Joe Pate, who is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Yeah, so I work in conventional medicine and, and I see, you know, a lot of folks struggling health-wise. And I was just kind of slowly, it was kind of a God thing. I was kind of slowly getting this point where I don't want a pill to fix this. I know that this is deeper. I know that the birth control I took didn't really help me. In fact, it may have made things worse. And I just was having all of these symptoms and feeling so horrible. And I gluten-free, I didn't, I, I feel like I just need more help. Um, and so it was, I worked with, um, somebody I worked with, it was her friend, Joe is her friend. And she said, Hey, my friend just graduated from FDN. You know, she might offer you some help. And I was like, okay, I'll give her a call. <laughs> right. It turned out to be life changing <laughs> in so many ways. That's so, cool. so when did yeah. you decide that like, Hey, maybe this is something I want to go do myself. So that was just in, in the last like year ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, man, I have learned so much and I want to help people understand how like the choices we make and with food and lifestyle can really make you feel better because I just felt like all of my friends were all, we were all in the same boat. We're exhausted. We can't think, um, we're either losing weight too quick or we're holding on to it like crazy. And we just need, there's so much more. And then there's my, my, my patients in the physical therapy world. I just, I'm like, there's. I've got to be able to do more for you than just give you some exercises. And so I, but I needed more, I needed more knowledge. And so that's all that, why I, you know, went down the FDN route Okay, is to get better understanding. I, I think it's cool when someone combines and really credible when someone combines the more conventional and functional sides. Now I know physical therapy, while it's, I mean, it requires a lot of information. Most people would consider them more, in my opinion, naturally oriented, right? Because you're not necessarily going to surgery for the first route or a pill. Um, But still, you have that kind of background training and still found that this is something that you needed additional help for. I mean, what what did you find to be maybe one of the most complete incomplete aspects of the conventional form of care for celiac? Like what did they just tell you? I don't know, because I've never had celiac, just a gluten sensitivity. So what do they tell someone with celiac? I I think it's different. I think it's, to be honest, from what I've read, I was lucky that my doctor found it when it when he did, that I didn't end up getting a lot, lot sicker mm-hmm. beforehand. So I'm definitely grateful for that. But yeah, it was, you know, you have celiac, stop eating gluten immediately and meet with this dietitian. Um, and, and even I think the dietitian was an extra step than some doctors give. Um, and so, and she was helpful, right? But one 30 minute appointment with a dietitian just isn't enough mm-hmm. to get you going on that new lifestyle. You really need that support and that coaching. And there was a lot of crying, right? Like gl- giving up gluten is not easy. Like <laughs> yeah. it's a whole like morning period for anyone. <laughs> so, you know, to have that help to go along was very, very helpful. And you actually mean that quite literally, because for those that don't know, there are certain parts of gluten actually release in many people these opiate-like responses. I mean, you can be truly addicted to these things. I know that was the case for me, and people do have feelings of withdrawal. Not to be clear, is this something that you're going to die from? Obviously not. We don't want to be extreme. But no, you would be surprised just how much comfort you're getting from a food. And it's kind of weird because you take away this stuff, and then you have to deal with other problems that you realize you've been masking with the food, just like other people mask with alcohol or drugs, right? It actually can be the same exact conceptual thing, and it's, it's kind of scary. 
So I, I think it's really cool that you transitioned into wanting to do um, this work kind of for yourself. What were you finding when you went through the FDN program? Because for those that may be listening for the first time, we do have people run labs on themselves, even going through the FDN course. That's part of the training and it's included in the tuition. Were you finding like any new healing opportunities when you were going through? Yeah, it was it was amazing. And it honestly, it felt, I just felt, I don't think vindicated is the right word, but I felt it really explained what I was feeling and made me not feel crazy. Like, I'm not just an angry, irritable mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, there are real reasons that I am that irritable and I'm hurting all the time and I'm tired all the time and I have brain fog. And for me, it was very liberating to see those results and those healing opportunities and have a direction to go. And it was very, very, very helpful. Is there, um, I'm always curious, is there any like specifics that come off offhand because, or up offhand? Because a lot of people like to nerd out on the podcast. So was there anything like on the GI map or the hormone tests or anything? Um, yeah. So it was kind of a little bit of everything. But to me, the, I've always been fascinated by the hormones. Mm -hmm. And I'm still learning so much about them. But just having that estrogen dominance. Um, but... I had estrogen dominance, but yet all of my hormones were like, literally the mentor said in the tank, like they are low, like they were low. Um, and so it was just eye opening as to all the symptoms that that explained. Right. And then your, um, your, your pattern, your rhythmic pattern, you know, mine was spiking in the morning and at night, which really made sense because I was really anxious and my mind just wouldn't stop racing in the morning. And then at night, like I couldn't go to sleep. But then in the afternoon, it was almost nothing, which is why I was so tired and could not make it to bedtime. Okay, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Um, I, you know, I keep going back and forth if I want to ask this. And I do want to ask this because I think we have a mature enough audience that they can be objective regardless of what their beliefs are. You've mentioned multiple times now kind of feeling this godly calling to kind of get into this and even find this stuff. And you know what's really interesting, Standy, is out of five years of being here, without exaggeration, I've seen one negative review of FDN ever. And you know what it's by? It's by a religious group. It's one that believes that God would not ever want to use functional lab testing or something like that. And I mean, for goodness sake, like what are we supposed to, how do you respond to that, right? So I'm curious as someone who's clearly a person of faith and obviously believes in this, what would you say to those individuals? And I know that we're not coming from a place of condemnation, but to me that's confusing. Right. So I'm curious to what you would say to someone out there that maybe thinks, God never intended for us to use functional lab tests or something similar. Yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% sure where kind of they would be coming from, mm -hmm. so I can't necessarily speak to that. Mm -hmm. But I know that personally, I feel that me becoming an FDN was a calling from God. And, um, and this is for me personally, I can't speak for others, but I have a very, I have a mission behind what I'm doing and that, when I'm tired and exhausted, angry, hurting, I can't very well serve out my mission that God has for me. Now, that doesn't mean that God can't absolutely work through that, and he does. I do not want to take away from that. But if we can get to a place where we're not hurting all the time and we have a little bit more energy, then we're able to better kind of focus on God and what he has for us in that day rather than just simply trying to survive. Okay. And, you know, there is, a, I, you know, FDN talks all the time about we are working to um, get our body's innate ability to heal. Like, that's the whole thing. 
And so really, I think, you know, this isn't about me or even FDN, but it's using the principles within FDN to get our body to heal the way God created it to be. And so that's how I look at it and how I see it and how I explore it. But yeah, it's the whole thing for me, I felt like was a calling and God got me through school, even though I had all that mental brain fog and he's definitely helping me now with my new business. So, okay. And, and that's about as deep as we'll go, but I appreciate that answer because I'm an amateur on all of it. I find it very fascinating and I felt called to do many things in my life. And that's why I started studying this stuff and looking into it and trying to understand what that even meant. But yeah, my, my logical brain, and perhaps that's not the right brain to use for this. I don't know. It has always just told me, I'm like, I don't understand how this is in contradiction you know, to what I just don't get it. That's why I wanted to ask. And I appreciate that answer. Yeah. Shouldn't we be as healthy as possible? Shouldn't we trying like FDN is always promoting living a natural lifestyle. We're just using a tool that we happen to have now to figure out what is the best natural lifestyle for you so that you could feel your best and serve the most. I think that to me, that just makes sense. But, um, I digress. I'll get off that. So your passion now and your kind of mission seems to be really this kind of mom-centered thing, right? Where you're helping these people. Um, And we've alluded to this a few times already, but I'd love to hear it. Like, what does that mean to you? Because it seems like to me, there's something powerful there where like you really want to help these other moms out there because it feels like, uh, or it seems like you felt really irritable at one point or had this kind of stuff. I mean, maybe there was some guilt associated with that. I don't know because it wasn't validated. So tell us about that and why that's your passion now. Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely important to me. And and that's kind of my, you know, my niche, if you will, right, that that we always say to focus on. It's just that mom that is so tired, she can't think. And, you know, maybe and she's got kind of these underlying health complaints, but not really realizing it or or paying attention to it, because we're so focused on trying to give to our families, right, And, and, and help our families. So and also that mom feels guilty for spending time and money on herself. Um, and that's something that to this day I still can struggle with. But if we can't take care of ourselves, then at some point, like it did with me, I was becoming so irritable. And I just, it was so hard, you know, physically that um, I want to come alongside that mom. And I want to help to explain to her, this is why you're so tired. And this is what you can do about it. This is why you feel so irritable. It's It could be a blood sugar thing. It could be a hormone thing. It could be so many things, physical reasons that this is happening or you, why we're so depressed, right? Um, so I just want to come alongside that mom and give her hope, give her help, and in turn impact her family as well, right? It can have huge ripple effects, um, either whether it's to their parents or to those kids in the house that might start eating different because mom's eating different and dad's eating different. So... Yeah, there's uh, a lot of room for growth and just helping families as a whole, making them stronger. And so that's definitely yeah. part of my goal. That's awesome. When you were, well, I mean, I know that you admit, hey, I still have my stuff that I work on. I love that transparency. I love when people come on and just, I, I got stuff I work on every day, right? You know, that's just what it is. It's yeah. a constant journey. That's how, so I think it's kind of makes it a little more fun when we're always uh, having something to move forward. It makes life a little more exciting. But regardless, yeah. when you were under that, when you're in the worst of it, which is not fun, I don't think we need to go there. When we're in the worst of it, though, and your perception is, hey, like you don't know about the functional side yet, and yet you're feeling all this crappy stuff. Like, what did you think was happening? Did you think this is just how people feel? This is because I'm so stressed out from being a mom? Like, what do you think the perception is of these moms before they know about this stuff? Yeah, I think, you know, you just think, well, I'm, I've had kids. You, have, you just have mom brain. 
Um, I just have a stomachache. Nah, I just get bloated every once in a while. I should be tired because I'm not sleeping very well. And, you know, it is, it is hard having young kids. It is very hard having young kids. And you just kind of throw it off onto that. Like, well, I just had kids. My hormones are probably a mess. You know, um, I didn't, I never sleep well because my kids are awake at night or it's just a crazy lifestyle. So I think you just kind of throw everything up to that and think, well, there's probably really nothing wrong. I'm just going to keep drinking the coffee. I'm going to keep taking the immune support help or whatever I need because I'm feeling sick all the time or, um, or what have you. So yeah, that was definitely huge. Okay. And this is exactly where I was trying to go with this. So how, if I'm a listener and I am that mom, how do you differentiate this? A good way to, um, use kind of an example here. Like there's teenagers, right? And I talk about teenagers to parents all the times with mental health stuff. There is real irritability that is completely normal in a teenage kid. You know, that's just normal. But we have to differentiate between that and legitimate anxiety and depression. So what point do you think a mom can draw the line and say, hey, this isn't just being a stressed out mom anymore with two, three kids. This is actually something that we need to get checked out and maybe work with someone like Sandy for. Like how, how would you maybe identify that? Yeah. So, you know, if we're getting to that point where we feel like things are pretty consistent and we can see a pattern like, okay, my stomach hurts fairly often, or, um, I just, I am so tired and dragging, uh, and I really want to be able to get through the evening without feeling like I'm going to pass out or I just have to go to bed. <laughs> you know, if it's, it's that day-to-day function, you know, if, if you are seeing that function slowly decline, then it's time to do something about it. You know, I, and I would say do it earlier rather than later. Don't wait for it to be so bad that you're really seeing a loss of function. Because I think so many of us are walking around with health complaints that could be improved and ideally earlier rather than later so that you can prevent some of that damage, you know, and you can get on the, you can kind of rectify that course before you have the autoimmune disease like I did. Um, so I would say any warning signs that you're getting, um, whether it be your cycles are off, um, you're not going to the bathroom regularly or you're going too much. Like that's not okay. That's a warning sign. You know, you're having joint pain in your twenties, right? That isn't explained, right? Any of that, just listen to your body and, and get some help, you know, cause the earlier, the better. I like that you said that. I think that's totally true. Um, I, it almost seems, especially in the world of autoimmunity, like once you pass that threshold and get the actual diagnosis, and I've seen this so much because autoimmune is just something I'm very passionate about. My mom dealt with the exact, well, not exact same stuff, that's ignorant, but like conceptually similar with the autoimmune thing. She's just going. She's a great mom, right? Pushing, pushing harder and harder and yeah. not realizing that those things that you're talking about were indeed warning signs. Just thinking, oh, well, this is life. It's stressful. You know, of course I feel this way. And a lot of the times, although we're getting much better, conventional medicine goes and validates that for these people. They tell them they're too stressed. You just need a Xanax. You just need the SSRI, right? And maybe they take it and maybe it works at best. At worst, it doesn't. But then they still believe it's just the stress thing. I like that you gave those tangible examples of, hey, this is too far. Yeah, guys, we shouldn't be having these spotty cycles or all these bathroom issues or whatever. Yeah, Stress is, it should be, a transient experience that does not happen all day, every day. And then, you know, okay, I can still function though while I'm doing this. Yeah. If you're declining over time, I love what you said with that. If the function's getting worse, that's when we got to use our heads a little bit and think, wait a second, this actually is not normal. Um, and it's not just me getting older. We have people on this podcast that are 60, 70 years old that are vibrant as all, like as much as you can imagine. 
right? So don't tell me that at 40 years old, we're supposed to be just capping out. And now they're telling people in their 20s that they're up. Oh, you're just getting old. You know, that's why you can't um, get preg- pregnant because you're 27. Yes. I'm like, what? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You should not be entering, entering perimenopause in your 30s. <laughs> okay. Like, and I have been told that. <laughs> and your labs are normal. Everything's okay. No. That is not normal. Everything's not okay. Let's do something about it. You know, I remember, um, you know, Reeves saying no, no symptom is normal. There isn't a normal, you know, no headache is normal. Like, let's do something about it. So, yeah. And I think that's a real big paradigm shift for people because we've grown, so many of us have just grown up or grown accustomed to these symptoms and something like a headache, it could be downright insulting to tell someone that that's not normal if they misunderstand the context of where it's coming from. It's saying, no, like, yes, a headache is something that happens as a function of the body when something happens. But that first something happening is not supposed to go on. You know, the headache is the result of this problem. The autoimmune disease even often enough, not, I I don't know if I believe this for all of them, but I think for many of them is actually a very intelligent response from your body trying to do the best that it can based on the information and environment that it's getting and it's in right now. So it's trying to keep you surviving. That's the number one priority. We always got to remember that the body is trying to keep you surviving. It didn't say that it's going to have you happy in surviving or feeling good at surviving. (laughs) Um, It will do whatever it can to just keep you survive. I'm actually more amazed sometimes just how long human beings can go because it's decades at a suboptimal function while still surviving the whole time. Like we are survival machines in that sense. Um, So it's a shame because there's a lot of like, this is like, you know, optimal life over here, this small little chunk where we feel great all the time. It's very easy to go from that to this very long phase, which could, you know, be here for Mm -hmm. years where we don't feel good. And then of course, a short phase at the end as well. But we, we kind of live in that middle part and it doesn't need to happen. Are you finding that when you're working with these moms that are they having resistance to this information at first? Like, does it take a little coaching to kind of get them there? Or by the time do they come to you, they're just like, Hey, I know I need something different. Like, where do you find that they're at mentally? Um, mentally, it's not necessarily that there's maybe a little bit of resistance. Um, but a lot of it's just like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have money. Um, you know, because we don't want to take the money away. We feel like we're taking the money away from our family when really we could be greatly impacting um, our health, but also our family's health. And just when I went through my first FDN protocol last summer and early last fall before I got, you know, the big C, um, I was like, man, I can relate to my husband so much better now and my, and my kids. And it just had huge, far-reaching positive impacts that we don't realize. And huge value beyond, you know, maybe some less headaches and and losing some weight, but being able to enjoy your kids again because you're not exhausted at night. Being able to have that time with your spouse because you still have a little bit of energy left some nights. (laughs) Um, it's, It's huge and it can be so powerful. Yeah. I, um, I like that you brought that up about like the money thing, especially because to me, maybe it was more obvious to me because I'm, you know, I was a young guy, 1920, I'm supposed to be getting into the working world. And I found pretty quickly, I can't hold down a normal job. I don't feel good. Like I can't manage even the 40 hours a week consistently. I'd have days where I did really well, but then it's like, this person needs me to be there this amount of time every single day. I can't keep up with that every day. And I think that it was kind of, um, It was a slap in the face, in a sense, back to reality where I realized I don't really feel as good as I think I do even now. Like, I thought I was getting on the right track, but it didn't make – I'm like, 
you can't even hold down a normal job and you're living a lot better than most of your friends who are at college right now, also working, also doing college and then drinking until two or three in the morning. You're not doing any of that stuff and you can't even maintain one of those activities. Maybe something's off here. So when we say it's an investment, I mean that quite literally. I can do 12 hours a day right now. I'm not advocating that for everyone. I, I love what I do and I've figured out to the best of my ability how to balance this in a way that it, it works for me. But I could have never even comprehended doing something like that, you know, whatever, seven, eight years ago. It just wouldn't have worked. So a few thousand dollars or even $10,000, I mean, most FDNs are not doing something like that, right? But if you have the right person, whoever it might be that you know can help you, that's your health is the ultimate tool to better relationships, to better finances, to all this stuff. There are so many people, how many examples can we think of of someone at the top of life financially that is completely bedridden because they're overweight, like severely overweight, or they got the cancer diagnosis or whatever. Do you think that money matters then? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Very, very good. Joe, Joe is so good at reminding us of that. You know, if you don't have, if you have all the, all the money, but you don't have the energy to enjoy the stuff, and the people, right? More importantly, what's it what's it worth? You know? <laughs> yeah, I could take all these trips. But yeah, once you get to the trip, you're spending the 14 hours in the hotel sleeping because you can't go out and do it. So it it's not just a cheesy cliche. And I think we need to get away from that. It's like, no, this is actually true. If you push your health too yeah. far, all the, you'll spend all the money in the world to try to fix that because you realize just how little it matters when you are sick. Um, so yeah. cool. What are some common themes? We talked about like the mental patterns maybe, and you said, you know, they might make these uh, ideas up that, hey, I don't have time or I don't have the money, although they would do anything for their kids, right? We need to get them thinking about oh, their yeah. own health like they would of their kids. I mean, God bless them because that, it's amazing that they do that, but they have the time. The money's there somewhere. It's just allocating it to themselves instead of everyone else in their life that they take care of. What are some common patterns maybe that you're seeing on the lab tests? Are there certain things that you're really seeing often in the hormone markers or anything that comes to your mind? Um, I, I, I have to go more from a personal. I mean, I have a couple. I have a couple of lab tests. I don't have as many from the moms that I want to be honest okay. yet because uh, I've only been out for a few months. Um, but but you know, for me personally, and just patterns that I'm hearing from. Um, very close friends, right? Of I think a lot of us are walking around with probably some estrogen dominance. Um, definitely, you know, leaky gut where the, the the stomach is just not absorbing like it should be, and the stuff from the outside is getting to the inside and making us hold on to that weight. Or down the road, we're losing weight too fast because we can't absorb stuff correctly. You know, which was my case when I was first diagnosed with celiac. Um, but so I think that there's definitely some patterns there with the the gut and the estrogen. And then obviously there's going to be some liver um, bile acids that are going to probably be a little elevated because of the higher estrogen. Um, And thyroid really seems to be like hypothyroid symptoms seem to be everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Which um, we would want to treat, you know, initially just through that, our good diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction kind of protocol and see what can resolve there. Um, but yeah, I feel like those 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 are pretty typical themes of what I'm seeing, and especially with all the just all the stress, our adrenals need help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think help. that's probably pretty true for all of us for sure. Um, with how has this kind of because I'm, I'm curious from a mom perspective, like I feel like this has probably impacted your family very positively because now this has gotten 
I feel like maybe the first few months is tough. We got to make all these changes. The kids are like, what are we talking yeah. about? Whatever. Has you have you found over the long run though this has had more of a positive impact than anything else? Um, than than just the family, you mean? Yeah, than just you. Than just you. Like, has this led to benefits in your kids? Because I'm sure they're eating somewhat differently now too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, very much so because they went gluten free when I got. Um, diagnosed in the house, but they were still having gluten outside the house until Hmm. last fall. I finally got the courage to get my youngest who I really, he's not old enough to be diagnosed with anything, but I saw tendencies in him where he couldn't sit still. He was aggressive. I had to take him out of preschool because he was biting. Um, He had rashes and I swear he was put in the hospital from some dairy when he was a little baby, just because it was enough that it made his mucus to where he was having a hard time breathing. Um, I don't know that for sure, and I think the doctor thought I was crazy, but I'm like, I know milk is playing a role here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so this last year, we did a food sensitivity test for him, and he's followed it, and um, now he's going consistently because at the age of five, he was still having bowel accidents. And I was like, this is not okay. Like, you should be able to, you know, go to the bathroom. So um, it's helped him to be more regular and also helped the aggression and helped him to sit still. Now, my boys are still active. I call them crazy boys because <laughs> they're just active and, and they're boys, right? But they're definitely getting better at sitting still um, and complaining of stomach aches less. Um, I would definitely say less aggressive. Um, and there's been some huge progress there. And obviously, like I talked about with the relationships, still working on my husband. <laughs> yeah. But he's very supportive of helping the boys, too, with their new um diets if you will i say diet but lifestyle um, it gave me the courage too when we went somewhere to say my son has a food sensitivity to gluten please don't give him gluten you know because it would be it would take so long for him to feel better we'd be having accidents again he would not be sleeping he would be more aggressive and to be honest i noticed more than anyone else but still some folks at church were like you know what he's sitting through this five minute video now and i was like yes Mm -hmm. it's awesome and it was just from following a, a different diet where his body wasn't reacting to it. So, um, yes, definitely very helpful impacts to my family and then my parents as well, to be honest. Um, my mom has shown some improvement with her lung disease by going gluten-free, um, and her breathing is a little bit better. It's not perfect. She's got a very bad chronic lung disease, but um, she's shown some improvement with even just decreasing the gluten, which our FDN ears have a hard time hearing. It's like, you know, you got to yeah. uh, but you know, it, it comes in steps and it comes in strides. And so um, supporting her and her going on a specific supplement that I found out through FDN has actually helped to replace um, a, a, a prescription drug for wow. her. So that was like, thank you God. So yeah, definitely some huge, huge effects there in my family. And of course my friends, cause I could never stop talking FDN. I'm sure they get tired of it, but uh, it's like all I ever talk about. <laughs> let's do this and let me help you with this. Yeah. You, know? You, you know, it is cool, Sandy, because you get these friends or even family members that maybe aren't into it in the beginning. And then they call you like two years later and they're like, Hey, wait a second. You're the person I call when nothing else has worked. I'm like, that's a good compliment. I appreciate that. Um, and so, yeah, it is funny how, like, uh, I'll get these random texts still or questions about people that you never think would be interested in this stuff, but then they have a reason to care and they get it. And I appreciate your hu- uh, humility and humbleness throughout all of this, but especially with the kid thing, because I find that so many people, and I know this just from working with people, they're very resistant to talking about maybe some bad behaviors or whatever bad, quote unquote, 
from their kids as if it's like a personal fault or responsibility. I mean, sorry, responsibility, yes, but a personal fault. There is so much more to this stuff, guys, that it's not always your fault. That's pretty yeah. ridiculous, right? I think it's pretty clear. I don't have to talk to you that long to know that you're a good person and probably a great parent, right? There are other things that happen versus just parenting that lead to this stuff. And I think this is what society does. It's a very overly simplistic explanation. When you see the kid acting out in school or having bad behavior, oh my God, you know, the parents at home must be ridiculous. And then you go home and you actually realize these are some of the best parents you could ask for. They're just as confused as you. When a kid is reacting, when an adult, let's start there. When an adult has a constant immune response from crappy food or parasites or whatever's going on, they can misbehave. They can act crazy and ridiculous. When a kid has that, they'll do it, and we just call it bad behavior. We have no idea what's going on with them. So I think that just yeah. shines such an important light that's needed on this stuff. Because I know even for myself, my parents raised me completely fine. And there's been times in my life when I was doing some pretty insane stuff. Now, I felt terrible all the time. I didn't know why I was so angry. I didn't know why I did the things that I did. And people would ask me like a 16 year why did you do that? And I'd make up an answer. The truth is in my head, I'm like, I don't know either. <laughs> right? I had, yeah, I have no idea why I just did that. It was impulsive. I felt like I couldn't even control it. We can, um, uh, Sandy, I don't know if you ever heard of this study. They're able to predict violent inmates that will repeat, like uh, commit repeat offenses with over an 80% accuracy based solely on their blood sugar levels on average while they're incarcerated. Give me a break. That, is, that makes so much sense. I mean, blood sugar regulation is something I meant to mention earlier. And I was like, yes, blood sugar is huge. Like, and it doesn't mean you're diabetic, but it is dropping faster than it should be or it's hanging out lower than it should be and it can be contributing to so much and that's what i tell my friends i'm like this could just be blood sugar not stabilizing you know you're not just an angry person <laughs> yeah yeah um so that it's a big one it can't be underestimated i'm always i'm very transparent about this so if anyone's listened regularly this won't be new but if it's first time i mean i love that fdn respects me enough to allow me to share this stuff i got my health issues led to a lot of um you know, not so great things. And it wasn't just the health consequences. I mean, I got in a lot of trouble at around 17 years old. I was arrested and put into juvie. I didn't graduate high school. Things got bad. But the reason I'm bringing that up, and this was so ridiculous to me, I got into the juvie. They do all these tests on you and they, they give you like a TB shot and stuff, but they also test your blood sugar apparently. And the woman asked me, she did not ask if I was diabetic. What she asked is, do I need my insulin? And I said, I don't, I don't take insulin. And I knew what that was because my great, uh, sorry, not my great, my grandmother is a type two diabetic of like 40 years at this point. I said, I don't take insulin. And she's like, well, your blood sugar is super high. When did you last eat? Like a couple hours ago. She's like, uh, that doesn't make sense. And now that was the only thing that ever came of that conversation. But about a year and a half later, I read that book and it just triggered that memory for me of the blood sugar thing with the inmates. I'm like, wow. Like, because that day I did some things that I don't really know why I did. I'm like, I wonder what my blood sugar was at the time of doing those things. I um, mean, yeah. this is not an excuse, my friends, for bad behavior. We have to take personal responsibility for our life. But it is, it could be an explanation. Justification is not the same as an explanation, in my opinion. So um, it's just... It's something to work on. Yes, it is. You know, it's a very, it's not an easy fix, but it's a very great healing opportunity to go after. Mm -hmm. And 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 yeah, I agree. I mean, it, yeah, I agree. I, I, I love the Reed story that he shares all, over and over again about the kiddo that was getting ready to get kicked out of school. And and he did a food sensitivity test. And a couple of weeks later, the principal's coming and asking, what'd you put this kid on? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's 
awesome. And I've had a couple moms call me in the last couple of weeks of, you know, their their school wants to put their kid on something and I and they want other options. And so I would be thrilled to help in that in that area as well. And I, I encourage to go gluten free and think about food sensitivities and that sort of thing. It's hard though. It's hard. Yeah, yeah it is. And if you get, I think starting with mom's actually a great thing because they have so much influence in the family that if you can get that on board, you usually just guaranteed the kids being forced on board. Yes, maybe dad or the husband might be a little uh, longer to, to hop on with us, but I, I think it's great to kind of start with mom. And then, so just to be clear as we kind of wrap up here, because I was going to ask anyway, you know, we, we know clearly who you work with is the mom side, but if someone wanted to come to you with their kids as well, is that clients that you take on? Do you work with the kids too? Absolutely. I would be more than happy to get, I have, I have a program right now working on specifically for, um, uh, adolescents oh, okay. and then definitely kids as well, because my, my kids had food sensitivities. So I have experience with that as well. Amazing. And I, it, it's nice because you know what? Not every FDN out there does it. Admittedly, I've always been hesitant. I it's, it's troublesome. You got to have someone who is patient and very, just has a good soul um, to go out and do that stuff because it can be a lot trickier with the kids stuff and getting the, you're never just working with the kid. You're also working with oh, the yeah. mom and or dad and they got to be on family. board. They got to be whole on family. board. Yeah. Now, the good news is with kids, as Reed says in the course, they typically have a little bit more of that vital reserve, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so if you can find those one or two things, those hidden stressors that are really bothering yeah. that kid, whether it's a food sensitivity or something else, the good news yeah. is that kid can typically bounce back pretty fast, certainly can bounce back a lot farther or faster than us as adults. I mean, it's incredible sometimes uh, the results that these kids will get. So where can people find you if they're wanting to work with you? And I'll make sure that this is in our show notes. Yeah. So there is a, um, a Facebook group there in the notes. Um, it's called uh, Natural Health and Wellness, I believe. Um, it'll definitely be in the notes. Okay. But so that's the group where I try to post regularly at least um, – uh, once or twice a week. I'm hoping for more, but that's where I'm kind of posting information on upcoming groups. And of course you can always message me through Facebook there. There's also uh, my website, mtchealthandwellness.com. There's a little start here link. If you want with some general questions we go over, um, and you don't have to fill all those out. We can always talk about that in person. That's really kind of my preference is to kind of go over that on the phone, but that way you can get to my email real easily, but it's just MTC health and wellness at gmail.com. Cool. Yeah. I saw your website. It looks great by the way, especially, I mean, you're just relatively new to it. It's not like you've been doing it for 10 years. So that looks awesome. Um, uh, before we finish with our signature question, since we have transitioned a little bit more over to the course side of things with this podcast now, a lot of people keep asking questions about the course. We're getting more listens because they're are wanting to learn about this stuff. So it can be anything you want. I'm just curious, how has the FDN program, like, did it exceed your expectations? Has it helped a lot? Do you feel confident going out into business? I know I just asked like three different things. I apologize. Yeah, but no, you know what I'm getting at. Related. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It, it met and exceeded my expectations. The support as a student was unimaginable. Having access to really good mentors, um, and then getting to talk with Reed still just blows my mind that Reed is there every Friday talking to trainees. It just blows my mind. And I, and he is open to anything and everything. Nothing truly is a dumb question for him, which I thought was just humbling. Yeah. Um, and then they put together this Thrive course and I love it. I am getting so much out of it. And I just have to give props to Vicki and Joe because they're making a huge impact in my business and meeting with them every week 
is really helping me to stay focused, to stay encouraged, to stay motivated and give me a direction on my program, which I desperately needed. So um, it's worth every penny. But even beyond Thrive, the mentor, the medical director, my first couple of medical director uh, meetings, yeah. if you will, over over a lab test have been very, very helpful. And they take the time to explain a little bit more. They don't treat me like someone that's been in the field for 10 years. Not, I mean, they treat me very, very well. And they over-explain because they understand that I'm still learning. And I this isn't old news to me like it is maybe some other people. Yeah. I, I, so I have just been... Dawn was amazing at responding and getting help. I mean, I, Elizabeth, I mean, I, I want to mention all of them. Uh, they've all taken the time both as a trainee and then in, in Thrive to invest in us. And it, it it is not just a, here's your certificate, goodbye. It's ongoing support from the very beginning. That last part that you just mentioned might be one of the most important because people, when I did like the course enrollment side of things, you know, most people that get on the phone with you are so friendly and so nice because it's a specific type of person that's normally doing this work. But every now and then, you know, you get someone that doesn't really believe you. And I'm like, hey, well, we don't take everyone into the course. So, you know, what are you here looking for? They think it's like a sales tactic. I'm like that you're going to be with us for many, many years if you go through this. Like, yeah, like you just said, it's not just done once you get the certificate. You're going to be more involved with the community most likely afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, no, yep. we're not just bringing everyone in. We want to make sure that you're going to be good for this and happy with this five, ten years from now. I'm coming up on, yeah, I mean, this is over year five for me now. It's like five years, one month or something. So I'm still here. <laughs> you know, it, it, I better yeah. be a not so annoying person. And I do annoy the heck out of some of them. But, you know, most of the time I'm considered a good asset to uh, the community as well. Right. So we're glad to have you. And Sandy, just for time's sake, I want to finish up with our final question today on the podcast. And it's a simple one, but not easy necessarily. My question is, if you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's literally do one thing or not do one thing, what's the one thing you'd get them to do? Listen to your body and act on it. If it's giving you warning signals, do something now, not two years down the road when you <laughs> flared into autoimmune disease like my body did. Listen to your body. You should have good energy. Um, you should be able to have a, a decent, stable mood. And if you're a woman, regular cycles. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be my... Okay, well, that is all for our episode today with Sandy Eggers. And this is a perfect example, guys. Real people out there doing the work. Yes, you can do it too if you really want to get it done. People like you, people like myself, people like Sandy, not famous. We're not having 100,000 subscribers on YouTube or something like that. We're just out there with stories passion, and wanting to help other people. So if this is something that you're considering doing as work, then you want to check us out at www.functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. That's functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. There are a bunch of resources on the website where you can learn more about what we're doing here, but you can also just book a call with one of our course advisors. The book a call button is at the very top of the website, easy to find, and you'll notice that we have several course advisors there. I encourage you to read through their stories because their bios actually include that. And you can kind of figure out who you resonate with the most. And then you can book a call with whoever you like the most and whoever you feel best relates to your own personal health story. So with that said, I am looking forward to bringing you guys yet another interview later this week. But until then, take care and we'll talk to you guys again soon.